heart shattered like a windshield My pockets like a gaslight on E Bald tires and a shady spare, but way too tired to care about anything. But chasing the dream. This old gal ain't giving up. Yeah, I know the odds are tough. I still got black top left to burn, and songs the world ain't never heard. They once did mm-hmm. Each gray hair It tells a story But it's nowhere near the end Yeah, the future's in my That was Dawn Ricks and the Tennessee Miles. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show in the company of your Cabacus Nova, Romy the Rodeo, and the Italian Dijonek. And my people, it's truly an honor and a pleasure to welcome the show today, the one, the only, Dawn Ricks. Hey, Dawn, how are you today? Hey there, I am fantastic. And how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, Dawn. Of course, I want to thank you so, so much for taking your time out to do this interview with me today. Oh, you're certainly welcome. 
Oh, well, the pleasure is certainly ours. Well, we just heard this great song of yours, Tennessee Miles, which I know is doing very, very well for you all over the place. So I'm actually curious at this point, are there any stories or anecdotes on how this song came about? <laughs> actually, yeah, I was, um, I drive a Ford Escape and I was actually sitting in the car and I was having a really bad day and I'm talking, you know, the blubbering, the tears, the whole emotional stuff that we women tend to go through every now and then. And, um, you know, I'm in the car, I have 400 and some thousand miles on my vehicle. My windshield was shattered. My gas lights, so every light was on on the dashboard. And I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. And I was thinking, you know, I need a new car. And I said, but you know, I said, it's kind of like my career. I'm kind of, I'm getting up there in age and probably people want to trade me in, find someone new or whatever. And I said, but you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the dashboard. And I said, you know what? It's just Tennessee miles. And when I thought, I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. So I started off just thinking, well, my heart was shattered like the windshield. I was broke. So my pockets were like a gaslight on E because the gaslight was on. And, um, I, and I took it from there. And I just started to try to paint this picture of comparing basically the truck or the, the vehicle um, to, to what I was going through. And, you know, although we have... I felt like I have another one. I have some, I have more left in me. You know what I mean? I'm not like ready to give up yet. And, and I'm not going to trade this truck in either. Cause it's not, it's, it's got some more in it, you know? So um, that's kind of all where that kind of led into. And then after I uh, wrote out what I wanted and what I wanted it to say, I sent it over to Corey Lee Barker and I said, Hey, can you help me structure this and kind of help piece it together? And he sent back a version of it and it was upbeat and it was different. And I sent back a message. I was scared to death. I said, oh my gosh. I said, usually I would say, yes, that's it. But this is really sentimental. And this is really a personal song. Kind of could be my life anthem. And um, so he rewrote, readjusted it, sent me back using my lyrics that I had sent. And he, um, I'll never forget it on the email. It said, Tennessee Miles, <laughs> sentimental version. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, so that is the one that we went with. And, you know, I didn't know if it would ever be really one that the radio would play or, you know, it's not one of those belting songs like I normally like to do, but it's very real. And it's, it's totally my heart. It's totally my life. And, and there's a lot of inspiration in that song for people, no matter what you're into, to not give up and to keep going. You still got some left in you you know, blacktop to burn and songs people need to hear. So there you have it. Well, it's a fantastic story indeed. And, you know, so far, like I said, it's just getting some great, great responses from listeners all over the world and rightfully so, because it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Now, what I'm curious about is, will we be seeing a full-blown album or full-blown EP from you anytime soon at this point? Um, yeah, that's that's my goal. I've, I have a couple albums out and already, but this Tennessee Miles and a few others were all going to go on to a new EP. But um, once I got signed with Eminent Music, um, all that kind that process kind of slowed down. And we mainly are focusing on um, single releases. But um, I probably will piece these singles together to form an EP, which should probably, I'm thinking by the end of summer, um, definitely by fall should be ready for everyone. And there'll be new songs on there too. 
Awesome. Well, I know that will make a lot of your fans and all of our listeners very, very excited and very, very happy indeed, because, you know, you're definitely burning up the, the radio waves there for sure. And here's a curious question for you. On, on most of your, on your album covers or should we say single covers, you are always impeccably dressed and always look stunning. Now, I wonder, do you think there is a mainstream expectation when it comes to women and men in the country music world, i.e. men can pretty much look just as just the same as when they are at home and women are expected to look pretty and attractive i just i think that you know i just think women we listen we're the kind of people we might be in a baseball cap and take like 13 selfies (laughs) but we're probably going to do two more just to make sure we pick out like the very best one um but really it's just I just kind of, um, I've only done a couple photo shoots in the last few years, and I'm just trying to use those pictures that we've, we've come up with. And, um, you know, I mean, I think it's important to look good. I don't, you know, it's not necessarily, I like to be real in my music and, um, you know, probably the next cover of my EP will probably be me in a ball cap because I am in a ball cap usually 90% of the time. I, I almost feel branded. Like I should start my own hat line maybe. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, yeah, I think I honestly believe that there is a little bit more pressure on the women, um, appearance wise than, um, than it is for men. I mean, they're both as important, but I think there's more emphasis, um, put in. And I think in, whether it be in music or anything, I think our appearance is very important Mm -hmm. and, uh, I I don't even know where to go from there other than I just I just think it's important and you know you want to be attractive to people um, not just through your craft but through your appearance and um, your presentation. Well, very well said, because I guess these days music is very much a 360 degree product that you're selling because it's not just obviously the music, but also yourself. So I think it definitely makes sense. But yeah, sometimes it kind of I kind of shake my head when I see us guys, you know, country uh, people in country music, male country music artists looking like on stage, like they've just come home from mowing their lawn. And I'm like, these girls take time and pride and stuff. You guys look like seriously, you've been sitting on the couch all day and just got up and went to perform, you know? So I guess we kind of have it maybe easier, I guess. Us guys have it easier in that sense, but uh, I don't know. I guess that could be just me. I also also believe that that the guys don't get as much backlash as Mm. the women would if they did look bad. You know what I mean? Like... I don't, and and I think that men are probably a lot more calmer, and this is just my speculation, probably a lot more calmer, chilled and relaxed to go out and do a show where the women, I mean, every, we have to have our makeup just right, the hair just right, the right boots with the right shirt, the right jacket, the, like, we, (laughs) we like to be in total control of all of that stuff. And I mean, we're thinking of every single minor detail. Um, because we're already critiquing ourselves prior to even stepping onto the stage to give the, the fans an opportunity to do so. Mm, yes, you make a very good point indeed. I think it is true. And I guess sometimes we are our own worst enemies, our own worst critics when it comes to that kind of stuff, for sure. But you always are always right on the money whenever you're, you know, as I said, videos, music, etc. You always are <laughs> spot on. And I'm actually curious here, aside from being a great singer songwriter in your own right, do you do you have any hidden talents that most people would not be aware of? <laughs> um. 
Let's see. Well, I used to, one of the songs I'd recorded years ago was Don't Let the Makeup Fool You. And that was very fitting for me because I'm a, I'm a single mom. So I do a lot of, a lot of things that typically, you know, the male figures of the family would do, but I can, uh, you know, I can put air in my tires and change oil. And um, I don't know that that's not really a talent, but I love to shoot pool and I'm a very good, I'm very good at it because my dad was a pool shark back in the day. And um, it must've gotten in my blood because I um, I'll go out sometimes on the weekends with some friends and pretend I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, run the table on them <laughs> a little bit. Sneaky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a lot of things that I've, that I've done. Um, and, but probably shooting pool would be one that people would be surprised to know. They're surprised to know that I was in the military as a medical service specialist for the air force. Um, uh, my goodness. I don't know. I just know if music never worked, if music ends up not working out, I'm just going to go and become a comedian, a stand-up comic, because I'm pretty good at that stuff. <laughs> well, fantastic. And also, may I say, you know, thank you for your service as well. You know, that's very much oh, appreciated, I'm sure. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, here's, here's another curious one. You know, when it comes to food and it comes to sandwiches, what is your favorite sandwich? <gasps> Oh, we just spoke about this the other day. There is nothing like a homegrown tomato sandwich. Just bread toasted or not, some mayo, a little salt and pepper, and a freshly sliced slab of tomato. It's amazing. If not that, then I would say uh, just a turkey sandwich with some mayo, salt and pepper, and then I like to put some potato chips in the sandwich and then put the top layer of bread. Cut it in half, crunch. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I, I will now have to try that. I'll now have to steal that uh, the idea from you. You know, I will. I will say that it's because of you, but I would definitely have to try that now myself. It sounds divine, and uh, I'm sure you know you. You being also on on social media and obviously following what kind of happens on social media, I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of people are talking about the latest movie, Top Gun Maverick. Now, I'm curious. Are you a fan or were you a fan of the original Top Gun? And if so, have you seen or will you see the se this sequel? Okay, so I was a fan, definitely. Back in the day, that was our, oh, yes, that was the movie. Of course, you know, everyone was in love with Tom Cruise way back then. Um, I have not seen it yet, but I want to tell you, I have basically been glued to the television on almost every interview that Tom Cruise and his uh, and his. Uh, his cast ha has done so far and I dwell on like I'm like listening to every word and I cannot believe the intensity of the training that the cast had to go through in order to even be part of this film how detail oriented it was I mean they um, had to learn to edit and learn to um, you know film and start themselves like this wasn't like additional crew like the, the actors and actresses had to do this too um, I think Tom Cruise is very impressive the fact that he um, is determined to do most of his own stunts. Um, yes. The fact that he was on, he was interviewed the other day and um, talking about all the license that he has as far as, you know, pilot's license, even a real estate license. I mean, come on, does the guy get any more, I mean, can his resume get any bigger, you know, but what a milestone for him, because I believe it was the biggest selling box office uh, weekend or whatever, however they call that, um, you know, his first opening night or whatever um, in his career, as well as um, movies in general. 
So he broke two records. So I will definitely be seeing it. And I hope that you'll be seeing it too. Um, I think we're going to love it. I just think after this one, there shouldn't be another one because <laughs> I don't think that this one will be able to be beat. He, exactly. So I have yet to see it myself. I was actually talking to a friend of mine who'd seen it. He was like, oh my, I love it so much, et cetera. And he was a big, big fan of the original. So he kind of went in a little bit worried because like, are they going to ruin a movie that meant so much to me? And on the contrary, so far it seems the critics are liking it, the fans are liking it. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I would definitely be looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that when you get to see it, Dawn, <laughs> for sure. I will Emily, definitely let you know. Please do. And uh, in going back to music here, when it comes to your personal taste, what song do you find yourself listening to most often and you just keep having on repeat lately? Oh, mm. my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't, I have such a broad interest in different genres of music. Uh, lately, I have been listening to a lot of Christian music. I, I love um, Adam Crabb, Jason Crabb, the Gaither vocal group, all of those. Um, and I could listen to those over and over and over again. But I am also a huge, I was a huge Montgomery Gentry fan. And so when I'm ready to get hyped up, or to get ready to go to a show, I am always playing, playing their music on the way, on the way there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really have a, a particular favorite, one particular song right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't even pick out, I can't even pick out one particular one, but the Montgomery Gentry stuff always, always gets me going. Luke Combs, of course, I love Luke Combs. Any of his stuff is, you know, golden. They're all what everything goes to number one. So he doesn't have a bad song. And I, I'll be honest with you. I, some of my fellow indie artists, I love listening to, to their music. Um, there's some good ones out right now as well. Oh, and, and you're definitely one of them for sure, Dawn. You're definitely a very, very talented <laughs> artist. Oh, indeed. thank you. You're very, very welcome. And, uh, you know, you were talking a little bit about, you know, talked about stuff that you enjoy and stuff. And you, know, you seem like, you know, a very good-hearted woman and a, a fun-loving woman at that. Now I have, to, this, uh, this, I have to ask this. What was the most rebellious thing you ever did as a teenager? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I... The most, you know what? I was lucky. My parents, I had the best parents in the world and we had this agreement. I always felt safer if they knew where I was. They felt safer if um, they knew where, hold on. I felt safer if they knew where I was and they felt better. Um, and they gave me more leniency by knowing that they would know where I was. But what they don't know, even until this day, is that I had a friend stay over one night and we... Uh, snuck a bottle of like old Boone's Hill wine and we put it in the closet, right? And we were so afraid we were going to get caught. So we took two cups in there because if we had to use the restroom, we didn't want to walk down the hallway because we swore they were going to like smell it. They were going to know <laughs> that we drank the wine. And then we decided we were going to run away. And so wow. we, we, we didn't know where we were going. We were petrified. We snuck out my the 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 bedroom window and we went down maybe two blocks there was a 7-eleven to a convenience store we were petrified and we got down there and we of course when you're doing something that you shouldn't do you assume everyone knows when they're looking at you that it's something you shouldn't be doing right so we're at the 7-eleven and the lady behind the counter said 
I'm not real sure that you two young girls should be at 7-Eleven at this time of the night. Well, it scared, scared us to death. We hotailed out of there, got all the way back. And what we didn't think of was how were we going to get back in? Oh, no. <laughs> So there we were running two blocks back up to the house, going to the back window thinking, oh, no, we could open it from the inside, but we can't open it from the back side. Oh, no. So anyway, we had to tap on the door and give some sob story. I don't know exactly what it was. We never got caught with the Boone's Farm and we never had to use the restroom in the closet, but we sure in heck did sneak out and get back there without getting in trouble. But that honestly, that has to be the most rebellious thing I ever did. <laughs> well, hey, it's a very cool story, and thank you very much for sharing that with us. And it's always always fun to learn these these things about about artists like yourself. And uh, when it comes now to twenty twenty two, Dawn, you know we're almost now at the halfway mark of twenty twenty two. What objectives would you say that you've set yourself and you'd like to see realized by the time the year is over? Um, one of the things that I wanted to do, or every year I try to set out different goals and um, a vision board. Basically, I try to do something mm -hmm. new. And it's funny because people's perception of what your goals and dreams are um, end up being quite different than what your personal things are. So what I what other people feel, you know, that's your success. That might not be what I'm reaching for. So this past year, I wanted to record a song that I wrote, which was Tennessee Miles. And that worked out great. Um, I have two more singles that are going to be coming out with Eminent. So that was, that's a good thing. I actually signed back up to go back to, to school. So I, um, I had enough credits to be a junior. And so I'm just started back two weeks ago um, to try to get in there and complete my bachelor's degree in a year or so, we'll say. <laughs> um, I also am in the process of finishing up um, a series of children's books that I want, little short stories of ch children's books that I wanted to write, um, a series called Yes, Yes, You Can. So I have the first one finished and the illustrations completed. I just have to get it published and put out there. Um, meanwhile, I'm just, we're going into award season and I'm super excited that I was even, that any of my work was acknowledged. And so I'm, I'm nominated for several awards with the ISSAs. Um, even the red carpet awards in Holland, which is exciting. Um, and then our, the duet, I want to be holding you, uh, that features Billy Gaines, um, is up for a vocal event, uh, for a JMA this year. So I'm excited about all of that. I also get to do, sorry, I have a lot of goals. Um, the one thing I'm getting to do on June 16th is it's my first, uh, big headline show. Um, I've always been the singer in a band, always the lead vocalist in the band, but it's never been Don Ricks or my band. And so this time it's the Don Ricks show. And so I have a couple of those and I'm headlining a couple of fairs and those type of things. So yeah, before you know it, the year will be out. I'm hoping to have the EP out by the end of summer, first of fall. I'd love to do a Christmas album and then I would love to do a country classic album and I would love to invite some of my favorite um, legends like Donna Fargo, Jeannie Seeley, Billy, Bill Anderson. I'd like to invite those folks on there to sing it with me. So oh, there you wow. have it. I know it's a lot, but, but I, I try to make the checklist pretty big. So 
we'll see how I do. <laughs> well, one woman with a million dreams. I love that indeed. And definitely looking forward to all these uh, things happening for you, Dawn. You know, I think it's lovely that you also now, you know, writing books and, you know, and going back on tour and all this fantastic stuff. So very, very, it looks like it's going to shape up to be a great 2022 for you for sure. And for those who want to find out more about you and your music and everything you're, you're getting up to, where can folks, uh, where can we send these folks to? Well, you can go to my website, which needs to be updated. I apologize for that, but it's www.dawnrix.com. Um, I am all over social media, Facebook, a little on Instagram, Twitter. Some of my older songs, people can go on actually Reverb Nation and find me. Um, but the songs like Tennessee Miles and One Love Fits All, and um, I want to be holding you. Those songs are all out on Spotify, iHeart. I um, you can even tell Alexa to play it, which is the coolest thing ever. I never thought in a million years that would ever happen. Um, and on YouTube also. So um, there you have it. And I, and I hope that people will reach out because I love to interact. I, I love to um, I have a, a really good fan base, but I hate to call it a fan base because I say it's like 30 plus years of hard work and and they're my family when they hurt I hurt you know um, when they celebrate I celebrate and if I'm on social media and I'm posting a lot of stuff it's never really to boast it's just because I like to include them in the journey and as I celebrate the little milestones I like for them to celebrate as well oh well that's a beautiful beautiful way of doing it and I think you know now I understand why you are so well loved for sure I mean it's a it's right there. That explain that says it all. And speaking actually of great things, you actually uh, mentioned this. We're going to be going into another awesome song of yours, which will be "I Want to Be Holding You." Now, when it comes to this song, any particular stories behind this one? Uh, real, real quick, I'll try to share this with you. Um, it was around Christmas time. I was walking through Nashville Airport along the concourse, and I heard this voice singing, this Christmas, and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds just like the guy who sings that song, and I thought, is it coming through the speakers, or is someone doing that live, so I followed the voice, which is crazy, I followed the voice through the concourse, and sure enough, there was this gentleman there singing, and the backdrop read his name, Billy Gaines, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sure he's famous, he's got to be somebody, everybody's somebody in Nashville, you know, so while I was waiting for my flight, of course, I did the little Google search and the social media search to find out that, holy cow, wow, <laughs> this guy was um, an incredible gospel singer, I mean, he's like sang back up for uh, Peebo Bryson and B.B. Winas and all these people, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, so I reached out and said, hey, you know, I found him on Facebook, and I just said, hey, you know, so nice meeting you. Your voice is heavenly. About a week later, oh, he thanked me or whatever. So about a week later, I had a song pitched to me by Corey Lee Barker. And as I'm listening to the demo, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds just like Billy Gaines. And so of course I send him a message and go, Billy, I just was pitched the song. I'm telling you, it sounds just like you. It has your name all over it. It has your voice all over it. I'm almost not sure if it's not you already. <laughs> and I said, take a listen. And I said, um, it's a really awesome song. I said, hey, it would be a great duet. I said, we should do it together. So I sent it over. He listened. He fell in love with the song. He said, hey, why not? Absolutely. Let's do it. From there on out, we ended up finding out not only um, were we going to record the song, but we were going to be doing a video of it. Right about that time, we were going to release it. And then I got signed with Eminent 
for um, an artist deal and a publishing deal, which s- slowed things down. But boy, that was a blessing. Anyway, um, and then in the meantime, we found out that we were neighbors. <laughs> we had no oh, idea wow. that as, at that particular time, we lived in the same the same development. He lived in one building and I lived in the other. We had no idea. So that was all, you know, I believe that God has a hand in things. I also believe that my mama does too. And, um, and that was one of those, those examples. We ended up recording that song, fell in love with it. We invited our fans and friends um, to submit photos and we put together our own beautiful lyric video, which is amazing. Um, and then we w- filmed uh, the official music video with Justine Blazer, who again, was our producer on that and incredible. Um, and we put that out and, you know, we've been chatting and we have a couple ideas of maybe some more Don Ricks featuring Billy Gaines songs coming out at the world soon. Oh, well, we definitely hope that will be the case. Well, that's a fabulous, fabulous story indeed. Uh, well, folks, welcoming into this awesome song. This will be Dawn Ricks and Billy Gaines with I Want to Be Holding You. Dawn, I want to once again thank you so, so much for the time. I truly appreciated it. And of course, I want to wish you continued success with your career and all the very best for 2022. Thank you so much. You, you are awesome. You are definitely one of a kind. Thank you so much. Oh, the pleasure was certainly mine. Well, people, you heard it from Dawn Ricks. Be sure to check her out. You've yet to do so. She is definitely worth your time. Here's a great song of hers featuring Billy Gaines. This will be I Want to Be Holding You. You are tuned into the Whiskey and Cigarettes show with your Italian Dijonek. We'll be right back after this. Tomorrow 
wanna be holding. 